0: what you can do in crisis, what you can do when you feel emotionally overwhelmed and what you can do to make your relationships better. Cynthia St. Clair is about to bring it. I cannot wait for her to really let you know some practical, practical steps, tiny little things that you can fit into your day so easily. Oh, it's so good. Let me call Cynthia in. Here we go. Woo. Welcome to the PMDD Healing Summit where the world's top experts give you hope, guidance, and next steps for your PMDD healing journey. My name is Charisma Whitefeather and today I'm joined by Cynthia St. Clair. And let me tell you a little bit about Cynthia. She is a psychotherapist specializing in women's emotional wellness and she is also the owner of the Denver-based Wild Moon Integrative Therapies. Cynthia's approach is embodied, mindful, trauma-informed, and feminist. She offers counseling and coaching to women experiencing challenges with moods, menstrual cycles, and other life transitions. Cynthia has studied in-depth with renowned experts in the field of women's health and psychology as well as the burgeoning field of mindfulness. Oh, yay, mindfulness. I think we need to talk about that a little bit too. While Cynthia is currently primarily working with people individually, she plans to start a remote women's dialectical behavior therapy group, as well as an online course in the coming months. And we're gonna talk about that dialectical behavior therapy that it's kind of hard for me to pronounce, but we're gonna talk about it some more. So keep your ears open. Open. And as a PMDD survivor herself, she strives to be the healer, therapist, wise woman guide that she could never find. I hear you. Cynthia, thank you for being here. Thank you so much.
1: It is my pleasure and my honor. Thank you so much for having me. And what, a, what an amazing summit to be um, facilitating for everybody.
0: So needed. Mm, Thank you for saying that. And I also love that you strive to be that healer wise woman guide that you probably wish you had had on your PMDD healing journey. So that's why I'm, I'm glad you're stepping into those, into those shoes with us here right now. So let's just start. Could you just share a little bit about your journey and why you feel so passionate about women's emotional wellness? Absolutely.
1: Um, well, as I mentioned, as you mentioned in my bio, um, I am also a PMDD survivor, so, you know, definitely see all of you out there. It is hard and, um, there's not, you know, there are, I think, um, luckily increasing resources such as yourself and and myself and, um, it, you know, historically has been really, um, really rough going um and so i'll just say yeah i received my own diagnosis um about five years ago and um, but prior to that, of course, had symptoms for many, many years and didn't know what it was and um and kind of went through, you know, my own personal journey with that. Um, but many, many years ago, even you know, even before a long before I sort of knew what was going on with me, um, I just was always really interested in in women's health and um and I was always a feminist. I, you know, I'm kind of like, yeah, like we, we, you know, you know, we got to end the oppression and we got to rise up and all the things. And um, so those sort of interests um, led me to. I was a in my past life, I was a professional dancer in New York, and um, and then wound up found my way actually to yoga and women's yoga and doula work and all kinds of things, and then finally to um, to this you know role as a therapist. And so um, I just through my own personal experience and through um, just kind of what has been you know a passion of mine for many
0: years. This this work has kind of come together. So yeah. I love it. I love it sometimes how our life takes us. I feel especially as as women, we have a million lives, you know, by the time you turn like forty or a million women in one. Totally. It's so true. Yeah, I definitely at this point. And I also love, I love your feminist aspect because I think it ties into a little bit about what we go through uh, with women's health. So could you speak a little bit about your opinion about that connection between patriarchy and the way that we're dealing with um, menstrual disorders and women's health today? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Well, the first piece
1: is that what I think many people aren't aren't you know aware of is that it's only been within like the last 20 years or so that women um have been required um to be included in health studies of any kind, in medical and mental health research oh. required. You could do it on women and, and also any other sort of non, non-white non and non-male folks. Um, so all that to say that um, there, we are very, very under-researched um, and in my opinion, I, I don't have no problem with medication um, but I do believe that there's kind of a, um, an under-resourced and an over-medicated aspect of, of um, you know sort of maybe standard treatment right now. Um, and again, I have no problem with medication. I think everybody needs to really find their own way through and we're all we're all different in terms of what we need. Um, and uh, and I think that's kind of the, the general approach has been we don't know enough and um, oh, you're sad, let's just, you know, Give you birth control or give you an SSRI and um, without really kind of doing the in-depth kind of root cause what's actually going on here and again if those if a birth control or an SSRI can be helpful as part of all the other healing work you're doing then wonderful but it's a little bit of a um, surface approach and I think more of a um, unfortunately what we're seeing is a little more kind of you know put the band-aid on as opposed to really do the the deeper work um, and you know it makes sense because it takes time and and money <laughs> to and you know um, patience to do the deeper work you know yeah. um, and so,
0: Does that does that kind of answer your question? Absolutely, it does. I mean, that was just mind blowing that you said. Only for the past twenty years have women been had to include in studies. Required, yeah. So no wonder we're so behind. No wonder people in the PMDD community are like, "Why doesn't my doctor understand? Why aren't these people like doing anything to help me?" Because twenty years is not a lot of time. No, and I mean, we really we know
1: so little about women's health. It's, it's really, um, yeah, it's yeah. a little bit scary. Yeah.
0: And I, I think that does tie in with patriarchy where yeah. the woman has just been disregarded and anything the woman goes through is weird or she's hysterical or, you know, right. she's, we're over the top. I am sure that so many menstruators out there with PMDD, regardless if they, you know, identify as women or not can identify with this thing of not being taken seriously and poo-pooed, you know, oh, just, you know, that it'll go away. It's just PMS or it's just this. So thank you for kind of bringing that up. That's why this is so important that we're all coming together. And that's why I also feel that it's important for people to step up for themselves and to search out people like you who maybe have even gone through it and who understand what's really going on. And I love that you said, you know, if you need medication, that's okay. And whatever it takes, because we're all different. Um, but could you share, um, I read in your in your bio, you know, like trauma-informed and feminist, and all these things. Could you share how that all comes together and your creative arts approach? Please share ah. some of that with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I guess, first of all, I'll speak to the
1: trauma-informed piece. Um, All my work, I really, (laughs) all my work is trauma-informed and some of it is trauma treatment and trauma specific. So we go even further, but um, I really want to live in a trauma-informed society. Um, I just feel like trauma in my clinical experience and, and theory is at the root of almost everything. Um and, and I and I guess I would say that actually extends to my feminist approach because when I say feminist, sometimes people think like it's just women and like that that happens to be my specialty, um, or women identified folks or folks, you know, ass- assigned female at birth, but um you know, it really, I think of it as a, as an abolitionist feminism, right? Where we're really, it's all intersectional and we, you know, it's really about um, anybody that's walking around in a, you know, a, what we call like a non-normative <laughs> body yeah. um, or what's been deemed normative by our society, right? And so, um, and that, that experience, I believe is trauma that can be trauma experiencing whether it's big t trauma little t trauma um, which we can talk about (laughs) a little bit more if folks aren't familiar with that language um you know microaggressions which are like tiny little things that that you might not even realize are happening um, but have an impact on the somatic or on the on the body level um and so Anyhow, so I'm really holding all of that in my work. Um, And so it's really holding whether it's trauma, um, you know, an acute situation, you know, that happened last week, or whether it was something accumulative and chronic and childhood, whether it's cultural, whether it's intergenerational, I think that that's a really big piece as well. I'm holding, I'm holding it all. And so it's, um, and so it's, it kind of lends itself to the feminist approach. And then in terms of the creative arts work, um, I'm a dance therapist um, and that's my, my sort of evolution from dancer choreographer to therapist. But, um, and so I just really, I am an artist first and foremost I'm an artist and so I, I bring that I try to bring that sort of creativity um, and even the the sort of I mean I think sometimes a session you know I might the client or myself might come in or even in the group might come in with okay we want to talk about this or we want to work on this or what did we work on last week and we can you know approach certain things with you know some some level of a to-do list and ultimately what I'm doing is Is tracking and following the person's nervous system and, and kind of seeing where we go. And so sometimes it feels a little bit like a dance, (laughs) you know, of kind of following where we're headed. And, and sometimes it goes, you know, to all kinds of, it goes to actual movement or it goes to, um, you know, memory or image. And sometimes those things actually want to be expressed, you know, whether that be through, through physical movement or through writing or through, um drawing or art or something like that. I find that it can be such a um profoundly healing practice to um to make external what is what is inside and often just feel so painful and so much to hold. Um, and and it doesn't have you know I think sometimes people think art, oh gosh, it's like a performance or you know, somebody's gonna look at it and judge it, and and it's not about that at all. It's really just you being in relationship with whatever is showing up for you.
0: Yeah, oh, I love that, and it 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 reminds me of something that I read that you say. You say like healing is art, and I know sometimes when we're in in a situation we don't like, or we have P M D D, we want you to say number one do this, number two do this, number three do this, but in the aspect of healing as art, it feels like it's everybody's own masterpiece that we have to create through this healing. Could yes. you share a little bit about maybe how we can, how can people with PNDD begin an approach of healing? How can they begin curi- curiously getting into that art of healing? Ooh, that's such a good
1: question. Um, hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think first and foremost, to trust your body. And I think that that's one thing that both PMDD and trauma, unfortunately, um, kind of rupture sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's one thing that I really, really like to work work with first and foremost is how do we actually restore a healing self-attunement, right? Like a relationship with our body rather than maybe thinking of it as just this thing that I need to control or needs to look a certain way or needs to stop bringing me so much pain and frustration and, you know, and not to say that it doesn't sometimes, right? But, but we're not going to heal from that place right and that that's even some way I think in which to come back to your earlier question the patriarchy comes in because there's a there's sort of a you know um domination over um, perspective that we can internalize and then we even try to do that to our own bodies as opposed to how do we work in relationship with and how do we actually see some of these symptoms and believe me as a survivor. I have been frustrated. I have been in pain. I have been, you know, at odds, at war with myself. And what I do know through my personal journey and through my work with with other um, people that are suffering um, is that the only way we're going to heal is to start to find some kind of um, some kind of relationship with some way to listen and to actually go, oh, what is this? What is this trying to um, tell me? What is this pain trying to alert me of? <laughs> right. Yes. Yes. Um, and it doesn't mean we still might not want to like manage it and bring it down and <laughs> to, do things, right? But just to actually acknowledge that um, it's not something that's getting in the way of our path. It actually is our path.
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah
1: you know, we talk about this like PMDD warrior, you know, and I love it. I love it. And like that, this is the path of the warrior. That's like historically, right. Warrior, warrior would have been like called to, you know, to their work. And so this is, you know, you might not have chosen this, (laughs) but it has chosen you. It has chosen you. So what do we do with that? Um, and so that, that would kind of be the, the spirit, the place where I would really encourage beginning. I mean, I can talk about kind of how I work with clients and my, my protocol and get a little more like
0: buttoned up and practical, but that's kind of the, the essence of it. Yeah. I love that. And yeah, you kind of, you brought something up in there. I think that ties into mindfulness a little bit, right? Like being like, listening to that message that you, you kind of said that, that is trying to tell you. So I think. Because sometimes when we're in it, it feels so hardcore, and I can't listen. I can hardly survive. I can hardly breathe. I just want to lash out to get rid of all this exactly. this energy. How exactly. can we bring mindfulness into our healing art? Great question. Um, well, let's see. First, I
1: would say um, there are a couple a couple aspects that we can look at there. Um, Mindfulness, I'll just say is a huge part of my, my work with clients, um, I feel like we can only get so far without it. <laughs> it's, it's such a, it's such an important like ingredient to the healing. Um, and, uh, and there are a couple of different ways we can look at it. I mean, one is kind of a more, um, really just a more open approach. I think sometimes people think mindfulness and it's like, well, I'm not like meditating 30 minutes a day and then I can't do it or something or my mind goes all over the place, right? I hear that one all the time. Like my brain, you know, I just think too much, right? Um, And then I say, that means you're a human being. (laughs) <laughs> and um and so the work is just to you know keep bringing it back and keep noticing but um but what I would say is um you know mindfulness is really it can't you know I'm all about meditation I think it's great I teach it to clients um and if people are interested in that like let's do it um and it doesn't have to be that it can be simply you know taking a moment you know even if it's putting a little alarm on your phone once an hour. That's like a little mindfulness reminder. And it just might be to check in with your breath. It might just be to notice what's happening in your body. It might be to notice what's around you, right? Like I think so often we get these blinders of like, I got to do this, I got to do that and productivity and whatever, which I'm guilty of myself. And sometimes I think it can be really. I'm looking over at this lovely photo of a flower on my wall, but, um, but just really kind of looking and seeing what is here, what is, you know, the light or the color or the, just the, um, you know, a sound that's happening outside or right, just kind of coming back to some of those really um, simple present moment pieces that can ground us and, and that um, that then translates into, again, that self-attunement to, okay, I can't, um, I maybe also I can't control what's going to happen in the future. I can't control what's happened in the past. And I know when we get into that luteal phase, the rumination tends to come in or some of those, you know, just yeah, worries and, and thoughts that feel, feel hard and out of control. Um, but some of those really simple, just like, okay, what's, what's here right now, coming back to my breath, coming back to actually in this moment, everything is okay.
0: Yes. I love how you said that it's, it's a practice. And I know sometimes we think, yes, like you said, meditating 30 minutes a day all of that seems really overwhelming, but I think you gave a really great tip. And I hope y'all are writing this down in your PMDD healing summit journals, set a timer for once an hour. And when that little ding goes off, breathe and look around and and notice what's around you. And then I I guess we can, then we're cultivating mindfulness and that's going to then help you when the craziness happens in your hell week, hell week. Um, so thank you. That was so practical. I am like, I'm going to do that little ding and I'm going to be mindful. Um, I want to talk a little bit about your, your modalities how the way you work with people, because I read on your amazing, beautiful website that uh, you say building that you build mental health from the top down. Mm. Could you speak on that? Because I thought that was fascinating. and sounds cool.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Well, that is like one of my ways of working actually. So there's top down and there's bottom up. So we can talk about both. And then the first piece is kind of like sliding and laterally maybe, but, but the top down approach um, actually really refers to my work um, with dialectical behavior therapy. Um, if for those of you that aren't familiar, DBT or dialectical is a mouthful, dialectical behavior therapy, um, is a, it's a skills-based, um, psychoeducational therapeutic approach, um, which basically actually uses mindfulness as its kind of foundation, I would say, um, and then build some other skills on top. And those skill sets are distress tolerance, which includes crisis survival, which is like hell week time, right? Or just get me through, yeah. you know, this moment that feels impossible to cope with. Um, how do we do that? How do we not make it worse? How do we not, um, you know, kind of fall into some of our maybe, um, you know, behaviors that don't serve us right and how do we kind of not make it worse ride up a storm if you will um as well as reality acceptance as well as like what we call radical acceptance of okay this is this is what is (laughs) how do we work with that um emotion regulation tons of skills around um you know, what do we do if we have an emotion that we don't want or that is too strong that we need to decrease or work on, you know, okay, that's not gonna serve me. What do I, how do I need to shift this? Um, As well as things we can do um, just to make it more likely that, uh, that we'll be less vulnerable to our emotions in the first place, right? So that might be what can you do throughout the month to kind of set yourself up foundationally the best you can for when you know it's going to be hard i mean that's PD, pmdd is it's kind of you know it's be a real struggle of course because it feels like we're falling in the same hole again and again and the one positive thing is that it's somewhat predictable <laughs> right so yeah. so there is that and that means we actually can prepare and we can um there are things we can do. Um, so and then also um and especially an area that tends to um really be a struggle um during that PMD time um is interpersonal effectiveness. So relationships, conflict, um, you know, I know um especially one of those those close relationships can really take um you know there's a lot that comes up there. <laughs> so um, yeah. 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 And so DBT has great skills for that too, in terms of um, even just, you know, figuring out what are, what are my goals in certain relationships? You know, how do I, how do I set boundaries? How do I assert what I need? How do I, um, you know, if a relationship is important to me, how do I repair it? How do I, you know, even, you know, speak and act in a way that that will make it more likely that the relationship will stay strong, things like that. So, um, yeah. So that that's kind of the um, the lay of the land of BBT, and I call it top down because it's it is more of a um, you know we're gonna kind of manage our mind, right? We're gonna, we're gonna kind of go, okay,
0: here's what's happening,
1: here's a skill I can use, and here's how I can implement it now. Whereas some of my other work is more like what I call bottom up, which is kind of the more body-based, um, Mm -hmm. somatic and kind of intuitive, but I think we need both, (laughs) Uh you know, I think we really need both. So, and the, the DBT and the top-down work is, I think actually just so useful in helping us feel better in the moment because we can't do the bottom up work if we're overwhelmed and in so much distress that- now yeah,
0: we're we're flooded absolutely Ooh, i want to talk more about that because you touched on three such important aspects crisis emotional regulation and interpersonal relationships and you say you talked about skills or things that we can do to help us in those moments could we touch on those three could we start with crisis when i'm in crisis what can i do can yes. you share just one thing or anything that you think that might help somebody that they can just write down and use immediately after our chat?
1: Yes. Stop. Stop. <laughs> ah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the first thing is to notice what's happening in my body that I'm that's telling me that I'm in distress right now. Right? So a lot of times for people, and I really like to keep it somatic. Sometimes you're going to be like, well, so-and-so said this to me, or this is my trigger, right, which definitely may all be the case, and I want to keep it right here at the beginning, because the mind is going to want to spin out into sort of all the stories, right, around what's happening, um, but to really come back and really keep it in physical, like, oh, my heart's beating fast, oh, my stomach is churning, oh, my there's like a lump in my throat, you know, my palms are sweaty, right? Like those are the things that are going to indicate actually that our nervous system is, um, kind of elevating and activating, um, into kind of that parasympathetic, which we've all heard is sort of that, that, um, did I say parasympathetic? If I did, I meant sympathetic, (laughs) Um, in that fight flight space. So, um, Anyway, and that's important um, because we almost always have the same like patterns that we go to. So you'll start to realize like, oh, every time, like right before I really lose it, I notice my heart going, right? And so, so that's what we wanna, that's one really important piece. And the stop is when you notice that, then you go, okay, that's my that's my sign to like put on the brakes. Yeah, to Actually, sometimes even literally, physically, if you can, take a step back, um, or to remove yourself from the situation, however that means, you know, if it's if it's a if it's a conversation, to respectfully, you know, excuse yourself, step into another room, step outside if you can. That's always a great option because outdoors is super resourcing. Um, but to essentially stop, remove, remove yourself in any, in any way you can, um, then observe, observe what's going on. Like, okay, what was it that just happened? <laughs> right. And then again, that's where we bring in the mindfulness and the more you practice when you're regulated, the easier it's going to be when you're not. Yeah. Um, and then, and then to proceed mindfully. So to, Oh, okay. I stopped, I took myself out, I observed what was happening, the situation, what what story my brain was telling me, what's happening in my body. And then it may be okay, in order to produce mind plan, I need to splash some cold water on my face. Um you know, there's a technique in DVT where you just do like a few minutes of like intense exercise. You know, if your if your body is able to, um, but and it will kind of flush some of that um, that emotion through. Um, maybe it's some really slow breathing, right? But just anything that's going to take you back, um, take you back to yourself, right? Without so much of that activation, um, and then and then kind of step back into
0: you know, wherever it is you you are and need to be. Ooh, I love that. Stop and observe and find a way to come back. Possibly intense exercise. Maybe when you feel that going on out there, y'all get down and give me 20, 20 jumping jacks. Really? Go dance to flash dance. Go crazy and wild for just a little bit. Okay. Yes. All right. Good. That's Cynthia it. gave us Give us the okay to get a little wild.
1: <laughs> I want you to get a little wild.
0: <laughs> Thank you. So does that is that also the same as kind of emotional regulation or would that be something different? Yeah, that's
1: a great question. It is a little bit different. It's a little bit different because the,
0: the distress tolerance
1: or the crisis survival piece anyway, um, is more kind of what we want to do in the short term. Huh. Um, right. Just to like, okay, I'm, you know, I might do something. I regret might say something. I regret whatever it is. Um, let me just get myself to a place where I can have a little bit more control. Right. Which is important. Um, and then from there, that's when we can bring in, um, kind of more of the emotion regulation because the emotion regulation is going to be a little bit more, um, Reflective a little bit more. Okay, what was I feeling there? Right? Um, You know, what might I need to do if I don't want to keep feeling this or, you know, want to reframe my thoughts in a certain way, that kind of thing. Um, And I would say there's two skills that I think can work really well there. Um, one is called opposite action. And if if you, you know, even if you wanna Google these skills up, they're really, um, you know, DBT is out there in the world and um, there's lots on the internet about it. So um, I think, you know, people are kind of creating all kinds of ways to remember the skills and things, but um, opposite action is essentially doing the opposite of what our emotion tells us to do. <laughs> so, um, for example, if you're angry, um, your, your action, your, your urge is going to be to fight probably right. Whether that's actually physically fighting or yelling or, you know, acting out in some ways, I mean, a door or whatever. Um, and, and so, and it's not always possible remember we got to do stop first. <laughs> that's the key piece, right? People are like, well, I can't. And I'm like, you gotta get yourself down first, um, <laughs> but uh, but from there we can um, we can go. Okay, what what do I need to do to actually change how I feel? And it's actually when we're working in a behavioral approach, which is what DBT is. Um, it actually says that's why I call it top down too. Change your change your actions to change your insides, basically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. I want to, I want to feel less angry. I know that my anger isn't going to get me anywhere. It's not going to solve the problem. It's not going to help the relationship, whatever. Um, and so some of the opposite actions for anger, for example, would be, um, you know, maybe gently avoid that person for a little while, or even if you're angry about something happening in the world, not to put your head in the sand, but maybe you don't have to read every article about it all day long, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like how do we kind of like protect ourselves? And I think that's an important piece with PMDD too, is that really when we're, um, when, we're, when we're luteal, when we're in the really intense times, we're raw raw we're vulnerable and we just really need as much like care and protection as possible um and so so anyway to come back to the to the um, opposite action it's a simple skill of just okay how do i do something that you know if i'm really sad it's super simple and practical maybe watch something funny you know right like just or, or reach out to a friend right like really simple things but when we're in it, it sometimes doesn't feel so simple um, because sadness is telling us, I just want to pull the covers over my head, right? I don't want to, I want to isolate. I don't want to talk to anybody, right? So it's like, how do we kind of summon the, summon the muscle that's going to let us, you know, do the thing that's hard, but ultimately going to have us feel better. So that's one I like. Um, this one actually comes out of mindfulness, but I feel like it's really helpful with um, the, The emotion regulation work, which is um, non-judgment, is a really, really huge skill because almost always, and I actually feel like this one is a big one with the luteal phase as well. um, we uh, It's like the inner critic just comes out to play. I don't know if y'all have noticed that. (laughs) Yeah. 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 (laughs) Big time. Big time. And so, and that's a place where we can bring in mindfulness to observe it and try not to believe it so much Um, and also to go, oh, was that, was that a fact? What I just told myself (laughs) or was that a judgment? Was, am I being harsh? Am I being, am I being cruel to myself? Right. And to Mm. start to take that out because that can amp
0: up the emotions too. Totally, absolutely. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Yes.
1: Um, And then, as far as the interpersonal effectiveness, um, yeah, one skill, you know, there those skills are there are a lot of them, and there, DBT has a lot of acronyms. <laughs> and so rather than throw a whole bunch of acronyms on y'all. Um, I uh, I think probably the most important before we even go to any skill um is to the the sort of set the foundation relationally around first like what is my what is my goal what do I really want in in this relationship in this discussion you know what is you know if I got triggered maybe in that moment it's not going to be available but as you reflect upon it and kind of go what was I feeling or what what did happen there um you know what um what did I really need? Right. Often, almost always, when we get triggered, there's some sort of need that isn't being met. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sometimes it's from that other person, but sometimes it's from ourselves or sometimes it's from something else, right? Like, and so to actually to get really honest with ourselves about what that is, I think is important. And to know to know kind of what it is we need and want, what our boundaries are before we even start having conversations is important. Yeah. Um, And then, uh, and then also for, for my PMDD folks, um, I really highly recommend, this is really hard. Some of you might not like this, (laughs) but I really recommend reflection during PMDD time action during non-PMDD time.
0: Yes. Ooh.
1: Yeah. So take note. Oh man, that really bugged me when so-and-so said that, or man, like, I can't believe they're doing that again. Or, you know, whatever it is, or like, I feel so invalidated. Right. All of those things that come up, write them down, keep a list, write them in your journal, like be with them, do not ignore them. But PMDT might not like, you know, day 28 might not be the time to really address it, <laughs> right? You're probably gonna address it a little more skillfully, maybe day seven or so, right? So that's a really, I think, important piece. Again, it's not about repressing or stuffing it away and never speaking what your needs are, but, but kind of being a little more honestly strategic about it so that you protect yourself and you protect your relationships. And then you can come back and kind of be like, okay, how much of that, how much of that still feels real for me right now?
0: Right. Yes. Thank Mm -hmm. you for bringing that up. And because I know when I was in my, in my luteal phase, I would question my relationship every month. And I have the best partner in the world. So kind, so gentle, but I'd be like, Oh, it's not the one for me. She's too weak. And I would get into fights. And he was actually the one who brought me to this thing that I might have PMDD because he said, you know what? Once a month, you start a fight with me. And once a month I wanted to leave him. So I'm so happy what you're saying and that I didn't take action. Do not take action when you're in your luteal reflect and then take action in your other phase. Exactly. Wow. Mm -hmm. I have goosebumps because that is the truth. That is a great message. Thank you.
1: You're welcome. You're welcome.
0: So I'm hearing a lot of reflection and in self-inquiry. So it's basically, should our journal, should that kind of be like, should we always have that by our side? Should people definitely be journaling and writing about these things? I highly recommend it. And you know, I find, Everybody kind of has to find
1: their own way, you know. If you're not a writer, that's not your that's not your jam. Dance it out, run it out, you know, draw, make art, like paint, whatever, make some music, you know. Um, I definitely recommend a journal practice to most of my clients um I find that sort of a a daily kind of like a daily check-in doing kind of morning pages if anybody has heard of that um just to kind of let some things move and and kind of also to you know not only is it letting things move but it's also giving yourself um for those of you with more scientific minds, um, data, <laughs> right? It's like, you can actually look back and go, oh, this is, this is what day of my cycle I was on. Here's, here's how I was feeling, or here's what was going on, or, oh, wow, look how this keeps coming back, you know, which, also, it's like maybe a little more um, creative way of cycle tracking, <laughs> um, but yeah, I definitely recommend a journal practice if you know people feel interested in it. I think it can be just one of those ways to to move, to move what's inside out in a way that's productive and um, you know,
0: hopefully, hopefully healing. Yeah. Thank you. So so jam packed full of goodiness we are actually we're already a little bit over time because you just just so good but i wanted to ask you know if you have anything that we didn't touch on that you would definitely want to mention for our pmdd peeps
1: yeah oh my gosh um goodness well i guess i'll just maybe just really briefly kind of we talked a lot about dbt which i love and seek out dbt um Give me a call; we can talk about it. Um, but I, I also have a couple other ways that I work, and one um, usually is where I start, depending on where people um, where people are coming in at and kind of how much work they've done and that kind of thing. But that um, I think is so so helpful for um, for the PMDD journey is really actually working with cycle tracking um, and um, lifestyle. So really, really dialing in sleep diet, exercise, and not from a body image point of view at all, but from a, from a, um, you know, these are the things that help us actually regulate our nervous system. If anybody I imagine has not been able to sleep, you know, how raw you feel the next day. Right. So, um, so kind of just coming back to some of those basics and, you know, just making sure, you know, those kind of things are, are just, um, functioning in the best way for you um so that you know you can really even start to do the other work because sometimes if you're not if some of those basics aren't there then the other work isn't gonna like integrate as well yeah. um, and so and in that and that can might be the journaling and it also might be a meditation practice It might be um it might be dancing it out right like just some of those okay how do I build sort of the foundation for my life especially when things start to feel really chaotic. So you usually start there, move to the DDT work. Um, and then kind of the third, the third tier um, that I found to be so helpful is that somatic um, trauma healing that we were kind of talking about a little bit, um, but that's that bottom up. So we're really um, working intuitively, um, you know, really feeling into sensation in the body and, and letting ourselves. Um, you know, kind of say hello to it and welcome it. And, you know, those are things that I work on in my practice. And again, I'd love to chat with anybody if you'd like to like to, and, um, you know, the things you can do on your own could be, you know, just like we're talking about with the mindfulness, huh? What's, how's my body feel in this moment? What do I notice? Like yeah. what sensation is here? That's it. You don't have to make a story about it. And it doesn't have to mean anything. But just to just to start to develop that, like we were talking about, that more um working with relationship with body, um, yeah. as opposed to, you know, that sort of maybe power over or just want it to be this way, right? Yes. <laughs> which which makes sense. It makes sense. And it's just not, you know, how the healings to happen.
0: Thank you for bringing that up. Also that the bodily sensations part, because like me before these interviews, you know, I get like some butterflies and I I notice that, oh, I feel the tingling. Of course I could be like, oh gosh, it's anxiety and I shouldn't be doing this. That's my mind coming in when my body is just giving me sensations. So I love that bringing that awareness, like, oh, what's happening in here? And not bringing that non-judgmentalism in there too. Wow. Exactly, Exactly. that's Uh, it. Thank, Thank you, it. and I want to let everybody know that Cynthia is sharing something very beautiful, if you feel called to work with her, if she has piqued your interest, if you are into this, a complimentary consultation, and I'll put the link under the interview. and I advise you if this is resonating with you to get in contact with her because pMDD healing, it is possible. it is possible. So Cynthia. Okay. Do you have any last words of hope or encouragement for people with PMDD? Absolutely. Well, and you just said it, right. That's really
1: what I want people to know is that healing is possible. It is Um, having the life that you want to live is possible. Um, Everybody's journey looks a little bit different. um, And I think that's important to really honor Um, and, you know, and I will say, you know, sometimes, well, there is going to be no life there. <laughs> this might not be the most hopeful message, but I, I hope it will <laughs> resonate. There is going to be no perfect life and there's going to be no life without pain in it. Um, and, and um, I think the work really with PMDD is learning how to tune in and expand Um, so that we can hold what is here and that I believe is really how we heal so
0: you can (laughs) and you will Mm-hmm. Thank you for these words, yo, Cynthia, I, I hope all of these hearts just, just opened up. I, I feel it through the ethers. Thank you so much for practical tools that you shared with us. These are implementable things. And if y'all out there are like, well, I didn't get them all watch this again, get your journal out, write it down, get that consultation with Cynthia. Ah, Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom.
1: You're
0: so welcome. Absolutely. My pleasure and honor. Mm. Awesome. Well, y'all jump into the Facebook group, share your biggest takeaways, share your journaling, your dancing, your creative arts expression, your drawing, your making, making songs out of your PMDD pain. share it all with us. We'd love to see it. And uh, yeah, that's it for today for right now. And bye. Bye. Hi, it's Charisma. If this expert interview inspired you or helped you in any way, please consider leaving a five-star review with your insights so other PMDD warriors like you can find these interviews and benefit from them too. You're awesome, and thank you so much for being a part of this community. And remember, relief is possible. Okay, bye.